few other animation things that come out in the 90s that become big. This is where anime comes in, but distribution gets kind of messy with anime at this time. Because cocaine was easier to get than good dubbed anime. (laughs) (laughs) He's right. Especially back then in the 90s. Dude, back in the 90s, yes, trying to find any kind of, like, man, even finding anything subtitled, like, finding anime in the 90s was just impossible. I feel pretty positive. Absolutely a trip. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of that, wasn't it? Where, like, your friend's older sibling pirated and downloaded onto a VHS an episode of something from some channel that had like six lines going through it. I mean, it's a hundred percent how it was. I remember like the first time I saw anime at like blockbuster and I was like, what, why, how is this here? Like what, 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 what is happening right now? Like, like they have like Ninja scroll or something. And I was just like, blockbuster knows that anime exists. What the hell is this? Just a reminder, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. Different series that require a spoiler warning will be in the description. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gaming Theater Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a brief history and animation series and films in the U.S. from Felix Cat to 2023. Part 2. We already finished Part 1. If you are wondering about our thoughts and and opinions on anything that happened before roughly about 1987. Uh, that's back in part one, which is back in season one. So enjoy that. Because right now we're in season two, and we're going to get started with this. Now, before I get started, I want to introduce us to the guests that are going to help me out and go through this uh, go through this subject today. I'm your host. My name is Leo. I'm the Geek Scorpio. I'm Moontastical at your service, y'all. I am Ben, a.k.a. El Penguin. I am Liz, also known as Zombie Hand. New season, new us. This is Dean Dane. I'm Kyle, also known as k With that, we're going to take a quick trip over to the Magical Merch Booth. Here we are at Ma- on a magical merch booth, and all we have is the number two going on. And this is just a quick celebration to all of our people who have stuck with us for this long and are now listening to season two. We have more things that are planned for us to go through, other podcast shows, other things that we're working on, and we hope to be able to entertain you a little bit while we do that. So thanks again for all of our for everyone who's been listening, and we'll see you with the rest of season two. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. With that being said, let's get back to the show. So as we left off in general, we were around 1985 to 87-ish. I think the last big thing we were talking about was TMNT. Now, at this point, we're still in the mid to late 80s. One of the biggest things that sort of happens in animation is that to kind of save costs and such, they do things that are, are adaptations to different franchises. So we have the real Ghostbusters, which was off the franchise of the movie, the Ghostbusters. And then you also have... Not those fake Ghostbusters. Or a hilariously horrible one. There's like Rambo turned down to be a children's cartoon. <laughs> oh my. Yes. Who could forget the child hero Rambo? <laughs> I do it for the kids, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
But wow. yeah, so with this, we're getting towards the late 80s. So cost effectiveness is sort of a thing that keeps happening. And then Disney comes back into play, into play and they play hard. At this point in time, they used an animation style called Xerox art. And it's called that because it's mostly used to make quick copies of animation artworks that have been drawn. You probably have seen this before. Like if you've ever watched like, oh, uh, what, the Jungle Book has a dancing sequence in there that's done for with King Louie. And then there is Robin Hood in the 70s, which has the exact same dancing sequence. Oh, yeah, they they did that to uh, like <laughs> frame for frame. They just redid the bears like coloring and gave him a hat. <laughs> Disney would never you guys. They, they hand drew what? each cell frame by frame again, obviously. <laughs> they hand drew it once and then they copied that hand drawing and we're good for the rest of the time they used their xerox machine that's where the name comes from uh, geek, geek scorpio i've got i've got some lawyers on the phone they really want to talk to you i don't know um they said they represent like, hey, a, hey, a hey, rat bro, or can, something I don't um know. hey bro somebody, can i copy your work yeah but don't make it obvious though yeah. <laughs> no, I, I got one. I got one. You better stop, Leo, or you're gonna get a love letter from Disney via cease and desist. Who we love. Who we with all our to like, us. Brought, to, brought to you by the letters C and D. <laughs> we we love the corporation that has been mentioned and yes. Not like that's a, you open it up and there's a tiny animation of like Hannah Montana doing the Mickey Mouse thing <laughs> going you this is make disney a- cease and desist please <laughs> you should make a sound bite of dane saying that pro- or the- whatever it was that was like that company would like to talk to you <laughs> i like that yeah oh, the man. company that was just mentioned <laughs> oh this is gonna be bad for leo anywho i'm going to do this um and move on and ignore that problem <laughs> <laughs> but actually, this does bring up a new point. See, at this point, this would be the start of what's been referred to as the Disney Renaissance. So let's touch the base on that. The Disney Renaissance sort of starts with um, The Little Mermaid doing so well in the box office. But also, un- even though it's using Xerox art, it's not reusing art. They hand-drawn everything for that. They've all, And at this point, Disney has been slowly but surely... The reason why The Little Mermaid is one of the last Xerox art is because at that point, they move on to computer animation to be put into the places, making it faster and easier for for animation to go through. Many studios will actually do that. You just don't see it as often, or it's harder to tell. Yeah, in Beauty and the Beast, in the the when they're getting ready to dance in the ballroom, um, they, Belle and Beast are hand-drawn, but the whole background is... Um, computer generated mm-hmm. or like computer animated yeah computer animated. cg wasn't that good <laughs> computer <laughs> cg then. won't be good until later when they do toy story right is the first seat fully cg feature film i think that disney did yeah how good was toy story though it's so, <laughs> so good toy story 2 was better though <laughs> Ooh. 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 I, I have to agree with liz toy story 2 was better so so what's funny is that in this during the Disney Renaissances they have a lot of different Disney films that are both hits and misses. So not all of, just because it's a Renaissance doesn't mean everything is good. So for example, one of the biggest movies that came out in that era was Aladdin, which was amazing. 
and at the time held the Guinness's Book of World Records for the most sold VHS tape. <laughs> like 500 of those were me. <laughs> uh, that, that, that's a mood. I would, well, I'd watch it and then rewind it and then watch it and rewind it until the, the VHS wore out. Um, and then my mom would have to buy it again. I did the same thing with Little Mermaid. And so I actually found <laughs> when I was cleaning out the garage once, um, or my stuff out of the garage, I actually found a, um, a sealed Little Mermaid VHS. Oh, yo. <laughs> Dang. I, yeah, it doesn't, it didn't actually go for much because it wasn't the one with the penis on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> there are collectors that want various collectings on that. I mean, it's limited now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, what is it? But yeah, so, and Aladdin was done so well. Uh, what was it? In most animation, isn't it they do, they record the voice lines and voiceover at first. Then they animate mm -hmm. things. Yes, because they wanted they'd match the the mouth movements to what's been recorded. And the late great Robin Williams was so good at that they just sort of let him run with with the genie. Yeah, yeah, but not all of them were big hits. Um, the Rescuers Down Under was the first movie that they integrated <laughs> the majority of their film with computer graphic art, not CG. It did not perform well at all. When it came out, you know why? Uh, mostly, it's because of when it came out was a bad time for it. Yeah, it came out the same weekend as Home Alone. Oof. Oh, that's stiff competition. Another movie that came out during the Disney Renaissance that performed that performed poorly, though you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who's going to say that they don't love the movie, mm -hmm. um, was Treasure Planet. Oh, mm, Treasure Planet's hearts. so good. I have not seen it. Yeah, that one actually was. So, like, any anyway, I could send you a whole video that talks about <laughs> it, but um, it actually came out to very mediocre reviews and numbers. Sucked. It was such a good movie. Because yeah. we it didn't appreciate what we had at the time. Well, <laughs> we did. Someone else clearly didn't. <laughs> that would have been the mouse. They kept forcing it, the two creators... Uh, or the two people working on it to do Beauty and the Beast. Um, they did, I think they did Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and and Aladdin. And then when they finally were, they <laughs> they were told to make a movie that was just like another golden hit, just another amazing one um, that was like incredibly marketable and. They came out with Hercules, which actually ended the Disney Renaissance. Close to it. <laughs> um, Greece um, actually banned the movie from being shown. They were going to do an opening um, weekend in Greece. And then they saw the movie and were like, mm -mm, never mind. We take it back. But when Hercules like kind of flopped, um, which I love Hercules, so this is just the facts, <laughs> not my personal opinion. Um, when Hercules sort of flopped, then they were allowed to do Treasure Planet. And at this point, we are also entering in Disney having their like second half of the whole Disney Afternoon, which was a series of Disney made uh, shows. Oh, yeah. And a lot of their films would end up having a um, The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, 
Hercules all had their own uh, animated series about themselves. And my personal favorite one of the of the Hercules episodes is the one with the crossover with Aladdin. That one was funny. Oh, I love that one. I used to religiously watch the Hercules cartoon and the Aladdin cartoon. Like, I'm pretty sure if I go back and watch either of them, I'm going to have so many cosplays on my list. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> I actually heard the Hercules... Um show was really good it's it's a lot of fun and the opening song is so catchy it's sung by the muses <laughs> oh they were amazing so yeah that's sort of how the disney renaissance is i think the renaissance goes on for a little bit but i know fantasia 2000 is sort of where it kind of dies out around that time frame when that comes out because nobody wants to watch Fantasia. The, it's it's good in small spurts, but nobody sits down to watch the entirety of Fantasia in one go. I did. Yeah, I like Fantasia. No, like, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just really long. Zombie Hand <laughs> hates Fantasia. <Wow. laughs> you heard it here first. Sell it to TMZ. <laughs> I'm always starting problems. Uh, I, I will say the problem with Fantasia 2000, I think, is I think they were trying to capture that magic in a bottle again mm -hmm. then they thought oh well let's shove in a celebrity cameo let's try this and don't get me wrong like the mother earth one where the volcano she she runs away from the volcano bird and the humpback whales now those were two beautiful sequences but you can only have if you only have two beautiful sequences that goes beautiful with music they filled the rest with stuff that wasn't that good. And people lost Yeah, interest. You know, like you said, people nowadays, they don't want to watch long musical features like that anymore. Which is a shame, but it's just the way, you know, entertainment evolves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. curse, curse you short TikTok videos. <laughs> vines! <laughs> Freaking vines, man. Do it for the Instagram. Um, so that being said, though, um, backtracking a little bit, we're now entering into the late 80s early 90s chronologically actually let me go we'll come back to this port for one specific section but we start getting into the 90s in the kind of theme for the 90s and animation amongst movies and most entertainment is edgier and darker this is when the donnie darko cartoon came out <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> i'm totally kidding <laughs> I just wanted to see if anyone would actually believe me. Audience, there is no Donnie Darko cartoon in the 90s. If there's one in the 2000s, Aww. I have no idea. But it I thought that would have been more of an 80s cartoon. It would have been more Well, Donnie Darko didn't come out until 2000. the 2000s. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why it's impossible. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe something from the uh, MTV Liquid Television oh, days. Yes. Or something. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, MTV's oddities. Mm -hmm. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Oh my god, you said that. Can I share a piece of trivia I learned from my 74-year-old boss? Yes. I learned he loved watching MTV in the early days. That his favorite program was pop-up videos. Oh my god, I used to watch the shit out of pop-up videos. I'm like, do Doctor? Really? You watched MTV? Oh, I loved MTV! <laughs> that pop-up video thing was great! And I'm like, oh! I think that's a VH1 thing, though. Okay. I don't know. I didn't question it. Doesn't it. matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. So Okay, back to it. Sorry. Back to it. That's fine. <laughs> so with this in the 90s, we have two big things that kind of hit the ground running hard. And if we're going chronologically, probably the biggest change to this is now we're getting into more adult-themed animation. Can you extrapolate on that? Just, just yeah. So we can separate that from... 
maybe another type of adult <laughs> animation. What, Leo burping? No. No, no, I would like him to explain what he means by adult-themed animation. Oh. Yeah, yeah so adult-themed animation means that it's not it's animation that is not specifically targeted to children. Because we bump into anything that is either related to a toy, related to a franchise for said toys, or related to something familiar and toned down into children's anim- into to be children's animation. For example, Rambo... So not, not necessarily... Explicit. Not necessarily explicit, but themed to be a more older audience. Makes sense. And this, uh, probably the biggest game changer, so we'll let's start here. Probably the biggest game changer for that is, in fact, The Simpsons. This is a Ooh. juggernaut of animation. And still going strong. I think right now it actually has the Genesis world record of the most episodes for any series. For a sitcom. And story? I mean, it's been going for a really, like, since 89, I think? 89 to current, and still, and it's still going for it. It is, I think it was a uh, some report that it, and it can, like, even in its worst years, it makes something like five to six hundred million in royalties alone. Now... Can I be a Simpson? <laughs> I would like to be one of them Simpsons I've heard so much about. I would like to make some of that cash money. <laughs> but- okay, so it came out in 1989, but mm-hmm. it started on the Tracy Ullman show in 1987. So technically, The Simpsons is as old as me, as me and I'm as old as The Simpsons. Simpsons is almost as old as me. So with that, though, this does change a lot of things on there. The same voice acting cast has been there, and voice acting has now been a lot more recognizable and a lot more prolific than it used to be back in the 80s. Dan Castanelli, who does Homer, basically, he does plays and such, but every so often just wants to add in a line for Homer just because he knows the audience loves it. And it's a like a badge of honor to be a guest on an episode of The Simpsons. But also, The Simpsons aren't targeted to children is sort of the key thing for it. They have episodes about children, but that's not their target audience. And there is so much to The Simpsons. Like, I don't I kind of want to wrap this up quick or else we're not going to we'll be stuck here all day for this. <laughs> because unfortunately, a brief history of animation, The Simpsons alone is a whole topic for that but the key thing to this is this is an animation series that makes money for an audience that's not targeted to children now the reason why that's interesting is because this become uh there's two other animation things that come out in the 90s that become big this is where anime comes in but distribution gets kind of messy with anime at this time because cocaine was easier to get than good dubbed anime (laughs) (laughs) It, he's right, especially back then in the nineties, dude. Back in the nineties, yes. Trying to find any kind of like, man, even finding anything subtitled, like finding anime in the nineties, was just impossible. I feel pretty positive. Absolutely a trip. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of that, wasn't it? Where like your friend's older sibling pirated and downloaded onto a VHS an episode of something from some channel that had like six lines going through it. I mean, it's a hundred percent how it was. I remember like the first time I saw anime at like blockbuster and I was like, what, why, how is this here? Like what, 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 what is happening right now? Like, like they had like Ninja scroll or something. And I was just like, blockbuster knows that anime exists. What the hell is this? (laughs) I remember, um, it was like late nineties, early two thousands. My aunt, um, 
had a um a catalog that she ended up ordering um that sold anime through it as like as it was being dubbed um on the and sold on dvds and so she ended up getting it was for my cousins and then also me when i would go up to visit she ended up getting i think it was like arc the lad but then also escaflone one dvd at a time (laughs) and it was like one every other month or something it took so long to finish anything but that was like a treasure trove (laughs) When we finally, you know, managed to get our hands on that. Otherwise, in the 90s, I watched Sci-Fi Channel's um, Anime Movie Week in the summer. Did I say summer twice? Whatever. And that's where I ended up watching a lot of stuff, including, like, Urusei Yatsura's Beautiful Dreamer, mm-hmm. which is just, like, a drug trip. Oh, yeah. Like, I... I, it, That's so weird. <laughs> and then, like, like, weird stuff, like, Saul Bianca, but then also, like, Maycross and one that I love, Blue Seed. I remember being in an airport in Minneapolis and I bought an uncut VHS of Dragon Ball Z. Oh. And I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. I was like, yeah, there's like blood and stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I love that for you. Yeah, that's good time. I think it's kind of funny that we still have to use terminology that's synonymous with cocaine about this. Man, I got the uncut version of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the uncut? Oh yeah. Pure Colombian <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and that's not even a joke. There is a Colombian version of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I mean, it can't it can't be worse than the French version, Big Green. <laughs> you know what? So if you were back then in the DBZ watch party, yeah, if, you were, oh, if you were back then, almost everyone had the same like four animes that started their journey into anime. Unless you watched the sci-fi channel in the 90s and then you watched things like Saul Bianca, <laughs> which nobody's heard of but me and one other person. Well, it's me. Hi, I'm that other person. <laughs> Okay, now I know two other people that know it. I've got some homework for everybody. Uh, after this, just go watch the Canadian Dragon Ball Z. Over. Oh, <laughs> I've oh seen my God, it. I'm so I've seen it. That's the ocean so dub, excited. yeah? Yeah, that. I think it's the ocean dub. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Is that the one that goes dragon, 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 dragon? dragon. dragon. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, the, that's American the American version. version. Okay. I mean, or like the entire season zero of Yu-Gi-Oh!, where everyone had different hair colors, and it's not canon. Now the, uh, the, the Canadian one is Dragon, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. It's a classic. What? Yeah, it makes sense. All right, I'm it's just awful. saying it's, it's bad. foreign language DBZ watch party when. <laughs> Wait, dude, that is a special or something. No, I was just going to say, is like I'm also kind of down to uh, try to find the uh, version of it in Spanish where they had to change Chi-Chi's name to Milk. <laughs> oh, because doesn't Chi-Chi mean like titties or Chi-Chi something? Chi-Chi does mean titties. And as a um, as a tiny Hispanic child living in Idaho, hearing that in one of his favorite animes was always hilarious. It's just like, you know what? I guess fine. In this world, some people just named our kid Titties, because why not? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's like the same like four animes that people have got. It's either Sailor Moon, DBZ, not Dragon Ball. Keep that in mind. This is a sequel series. We're just gonna <laughs> skip all of that. So you mean drag? Oh, Dragon Ball Z, not Dragon Ball. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Ball comes out in the eighties, but like no one's heard of it. 
You just start yeah. with part two. And then, but then, like, people get all up mm-hmm. on Dragon Ball Z and then you realize, wait, there's a prequel series? It's like... Yeah, it was, like, mind-blowing. <laughs> uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion is probably the big one that tons and tons of people have seen. And I want to say the other one's either Cowboy Bebop, is Cowboy Cowboy Bebop, because that's a solid dub that they did. Did you mention the Sailor Moon? Yes. Wait, wait, hold up. Did you mention Pokemon? But Pokemon comes later. Digimon? No, Digimon Digimon actually started in 2000s, like right at the 2000s. Also, I don't don't mean to pull the anime card here, but... Y'all are forgetting some classics in the 80s. No! Listen, I'm just gonna say it. Vampire Hunter D was my first anime when I was seven years old. Robotech was mine, and technically Robotech aired in the US before I was born. So, Robotech, Ronin Warriors, I mean, the 80s had their share, so it does kind of depend on where you started. Yeah. From my understanding, the the big uh, push for westernization of anime... Uh, started with bootlegs of Akira mm-hmm. and Mobile Suit. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> yes, that's true. Akira was huge. I watched that I, yeah. I watched that one when I was I was in sixth grade and it was it started airing at like midnight or one in the morning on during the summer. And so I was able to stay up and watch it and it finished at like three in the morning and I just remember sitting there going like I don't understand a thing that I just watched, but I was so tired. I was like really tired by the end of it. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on, but this looks cool. Let's watch Akira while being drowsy. This is, this is definitely going to work. <laughs> Makes so much sense. We should have an anime podcast just so we can talk about animes. Cause I have so many things oh I want to say. I'm Honestly, saying. Okay, we'll do a podcast episode on anime. That's on the list. Okay, cool. Leo, I want a three podcast deal or no, nothing. <laughs> we'll see how number one goes first, and we'll work our way up from that. It's like, who knows? We might even branch off to just like, it's like, Game of Thrones present podcast. The side story, anime. <laughs> I, I do think there's a case, a use case to be made that you could do sci-fi spaghetti westerns and talk about the big three of those, and I'm, I I want that. Ooh, I want can I that. guess what they are? Yes. Yeah, go for it. So it is going to be Cowboy Bebop. That's mm-hmm. a solid um, Outlaw Star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the second one. And Macross. Ooh, actually, no. Uh, not for me, at least. For me, because they came out around the same time, it's Bebop, Outlaw Star, you got those two in mm-hmm. one, and then Trigun. Trigun. Trigun was a big one. Oh, that makes, Ooh, that right. makes a lot of sense. But, I mean, I could see an argument from Macross, too. I I just couldn't think of the third one, but I've also um <clears throat> I've also never seen Trigun. Oh, okay. We should probably get away from anime or this entire yeah. episode's going to be this. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you liked Let's... this talk, stay tuned for Gaming Theater Presents Anime coming soon. Yeah. Episode one A or something. <laughs> yeah. It'll be down the line. Probably but definitely sometimes. It's like, you know, we, we we will literally have every episode just be a, an arc. Oh. <laughs> I just call it that. Tournament arc! Yeah, the tournament arcs. Tell you what we'll do. We'll uh, we'll take the Dragon Ball Z approach since we discussed Dragon Ball Z, and we'll take several podcasts to talk about a single episode each time. <laughs> That's us powering up. We'll just call them sagas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I want to be the trunk saga. That one's like the best. I agree. Ooh, then that means it can't be me because I'm not the best. I disagree. I think you're pretty fantastic. Yeah. Find out next time on Gaming Theater Presents. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get off of that, 
topic, though, let's do a quick sidestep before we move off of anime, because one of the biggest problems, as we have discussed with anime, is dubbing and censoring and how that was placed into here. <laughs> there is a mm. mess with that. Um, are we still in the 90s, technically? I was just going to say, are we still in the 90s? Or is this the 2000s? Because there's something I want to bring up before in the 1000s. Uh, there's something I want to bring up if we're still in the 90s. Oh, okay. We're still in the 90s right now. I still want to talk about Yu show. Liz can go first. Reboot. Yeah. yeah. Reboot was the first fully computer-generated TV show in existence in the 90s. And I know stories about Reboot. Tales of yore. Well, I got the art book, um, which I think might have actually gotten um, lost in Hawaii. Mm. So Reboot, actually, they wanted it to be, the creators wanted it to be um, like a whole, like each season would be a saga, like, you know, a whole overarching story. But then uh, ABC was like, no, because we want to market this towards kids and we don't think kids would, you know, we don't want them to tune in and then not know what's going on or be like, oh, I, I missed the previous episodes. I guess I shouldn't watch this one. So the first two seasons of Reboot were actually, is it syndicated? Mm. When it's just like episodic or like everything is starts and resolves in one episode and all that carries over is like, okay. And all that starts... All that carries over is like inside jokes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they were being dropped from ABC um, at the end of season two, and they knew they were being dropped. So the last two episodes of season two are incredible and epic and lead into, they have an overarching plot that leads into season three because that's when they get to start their whole, their what they wanted in the beginning. That is weird because they it they do a season three right like yeah and then they have four movies that they call season four <laughs> um also with uh dot um they thought it was too sexual for her to have two breasts <laughs> so they they made them like have her shirt like i mean like a normal shirt covers you know across the boobs which they just called the mono boob because they couldn't actually That's a <laughs> they couldn't even they couldn't even put like a dip in the shirt to show like that the, the shirt was coming to rest even a little bit in between the boobles. <laughs> that is a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, the interesting story is about the creation of reboot. The nineties is a weird time. <laughs> it was a weird time. Um, probably another big one that pops around into the nineties is going to be Batman, the animated series. Oh yes! So oh my god, good. Uh, I watched that religiously. That one was definitely a big turn for just animation in general, dude. And you just hear the first like three notes of that opening song, and you're like, "Yes, I'm in." Oh, we just need a song here, but we don't need it to hit too hard. Can you give me something, Dan? Oh, then they went hard. Nobody said that they had to go that hard, and then they went, "Hold my beer." <laughs> And it's like, okay, um, this is this is for the Dark Knight, correct? It's like, yes, like the, the Batman Dark Knight. All right, cool. Uh, are those violins on fire? You're damn right they are. <laughs> yeah, I know this is a kids show, but what if we just brought in like a full orchestra, just like a whole yeah. big old orchestra? We don't need to synthesize anything on this set. So there's a funny story to how that whole thing comes through, and it's it's so well designed and such. Because this has to actually deal with Tiny Toons Adventures, of all things. Tiny Toons <laughs> Adventures was made by Steven Spielberg. So Warner Brothers, the guys who at the time have the role, um, 
also owned DC and DC intellectual property. They didn't want to do anything really major with animation except for like their their properties with Looney Tunes and other things. And then they uh, Steven Spielberg kind of made exclusive movies for them. As part of that deal, basically their short end of it is Steven Spielberg wants a full orchestra. Let's give him a full orchestra. Steven Spielberg wants this <laughs> high-powered animation studio. Fine, we'll give him an animation studio. Oh, Steven Spielberg wants to make Tiny Toon Adventures? Can't tell him no. Let's do this. Yeah, whatever he wants, he gets. And that's a type of clout nobody has in Hollywood. Yeah, you just want to do it? <laughs> Fine. Well, when the dude creates gold time after time, I mean, I feel like you're probably a little bit more likely to be like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, you see, you can have some uh, really fantastic resources once you've made Hollywood your bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Or, um, oh, what is it? True. There's a Family Guy joke with, uh, about, uh, not Steven Spielberg, but, um. Oh, was it pissing off the. No, no, no. Stephen pissing King. Pissing off the animators? No, Stephen King. Oh. Um, it was a joke on Stephen King. It was like, all right, um, I'm writing a book. What it's about? It's about this. Oh. Oh, my God. I'm trying to find a plot to the Stephen King book. It's yeah. about a lamp. Ooh. I guess. Ooh, it's I guess haunted. All right, what can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, Steven Spielberg leaves to make another series called Freakazoid, which is amazing. It's so good. Freakazoid. Called classic. Which, which really knows how to cement in some just like hidden adult jokes in there. <laughs> Freakazoid's amazing. Oh, yeah. Animaniacs did the same thing. Absolutely. I think it was Animaniacs that used to do like, they would have the, the worst version of a joke, <laughs> and then they, the censors would be like, we can't put that in this show. So then they would go down to like a lesser version of the joke. But because they came at them with like shocking stuff first, <laughs> they were more inclined to let them in with like the, you know, the adult humor, like the whole fingerprints thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So uh, let me correct myself. He leaves to go do um, the Animaniacs. And then after Animaniacs, he still works on to do Peak of the Brain and Freakazoid. Now, that being said, though, the artist in the, uh, for uh, Tiny Toons is, oh, why can't I think of his name? Tim? Allen. No, no. Curry. No. Stephen Curry. <laughs> no. Curry on rice. <laughs> Condoleezza rice. Condoleezza rice. <laughs> Samantha. And rice. Yeah. Interview with the vampire. <laughs> Vampire's Tim, kiss. Tim, Tim, Timony, Timmons. Tiny Tim. Uh, Tiny Tim, that's what I, <laughs> I was trying to get there. Tiny Tim Adventures, wait. <laughs> oh, we circled. We it all came back around. <laughs> Six degrees of separation. Kevin Bacon. We figured it out. <laughs> what? What'd you say? Kevin Bacon. Oh. Yeah, Six, Six degrees, degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's actually a website that's like, I think it's called Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. And you can put in two, uh, or put in an actor um or actress and and the thing will actually make the connections for you and i think there's you can even put in like abraham lincoln nice bruce I'm tim i should check that now i need to know bruce tim is the name of the guy so bruce tim uh, uh basically decides hey we have all this stuff can we make a uh, and could we make a batman tv show and a uh, cartoon show and the executives basically tell him look we can, but I don't know. Do something if you can to to make the that that shows out this has some sort of promise, right? Some kind of animatic, and so he does. 
what he makes is the intro for Batman the Animated Series. That whole intro is just an animatic, and he just cleans it up to make it better for that. They see that, no music, just no voice acting, just here's what we've got so far, sold. And they're like, well, we kind of want to get a, uh, we probably want to get a whole orchestra cast. Hey, we got that leftover orchestra from Tiny Toons. Let's just use that. All right. Just got one lying around, you know. You just got lying around. Just have an orchestra on hand. (laughs) Well, what about the animation studio? We got that on hand from what Steven Spielberg's been working on. What about voice acting connections? Oh, we got something like that we could work with. (laughs) And it just like everything fell into this perfect storm for them to do this. Just get Jim Cummings on board and you've got the whole cast. Mm -hmm. What is it? Um, Mark Hamill has basically two famous roles out there. Luke Skywalker and the Joker from Batman the Animated Series. Oh my God. Can I tell a story really quick about Mark Hamill? One of my cousins... um, does solar panel installation um, out in Los Angeles, Hollywood, wherever the hell they live, Venice Beach. So he went out to install solar panels and it turned out to be for, uh, or he was measuring the roof for solar panels and it turned out to be Mark Hamill's house. And my cousin does not care about Star Wars or any, like the Joker, none of it. So he's just out there chatting up Mark Hamill and what he came away with was that he he dressed like a hobo, but he smelled really nice. <laughs> but he also has a whole bunch of um, Joker merch mm-hmm. or like Joker paraphernalia and stuff. And so when my aunt was telling my sister about it, because they, they talk a lot, um, when she was telling my sister about it, my sister was telling me about it. And she was like, why would he have a bunch of Joker merch? Is he like a fan? And I was like, oh my God, she doesn't know. And so I had to, I got to tell her that Mark Hamill voices the Joker in the cartoon and in other places. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the show was- Blew her mind. The show was so good. They had so many great actors as voice actors to do these roles. Um, and um, then they move on to like, the new adventures of Batman, and then they move on to the event, the adventures of Superman, and they they move on from that to Batman Beyond, and which is also incredible, which oh, is absolutely. also incredible. And then they move from that to doing uh, Justice League, and they move from that to being Justice League Unlimited. And keep in mind, this is pre what we have now with like the MCU's that that whole that is five different series, one universe, all plugged together. Still, some mm-hmm. of the best animation, and kind of returning just real quick to Batman the Animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's where we get Harley Quinn from. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, yeah, that was that's something that a lot of people like don't realize is that Harley Quinn is an original from the '90s. She's not even like, she's not even as like old as the other characters. Yeah. Exactly. So interesting. But yeah, and their plot lines and storylines were so well done. The Cadmus arc is one of my favorite things mm. to 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 watch. And it's much later on there. Well, it's because of, you know, all those successes, right? You know, you mentioned Justice League, uh, Justice League Unlimited, that we get things like Young Justice, which then spins off into yes. further other yeah. things. I mean, like, you got to hand it to the to Disney, wow, to the DC animation. <laughs> uh, they have really built upon things. Oh, yeah. You know, Disney will probably take credit. <laughs> Who we love. Eventually. Who we love. We love the company. We love the company. Are those lawyers uh, calling? Yeah. Hopefully not. But well, also, let's not mention that uh, DC also went really hard with their animated movies as well. Oh, oh true. Master Phantasm. 
Uh-huh. Right? Oh, yes. Uh, like Flashpoint Paradox. Flashpoint oh, yeah. Paradox. Um, Bruce Tim, from what I understand, still runs a lot of their animation departments, too. Really? Yeah. So there, he, he's in the credits for most of those animated movies. Oh, that's cool. Um, which is funny because one of the things is that, and he's not doing anything like this anymore, but it used to be if he if he could get the time to get Andrea Romano, who's one of the best voice directors in the business, her credits are so, are like 90% of the greatest animations out there, <laughs> series out there is her. And a good majority of the cast for the original Justice League universe, they counted as canon to the Justice League universe as part of it. In fact, they did a movie for that like just a couple of years ago. And the series has been done, has been for Justice League has been done for over 10 plus years at this point. So moving on with the other weird, crazy animation things on this, one of the ones that are kind of out there is just sort of the sci-fi network and other things that are just uh, clamoring at the bit to get as much weird animation that they have. MTV had an animation department. Oh, yeah. That's how we got Aeon Flux, right? Yeah, Aeon Flux. Um, and that's how we got the Max. The Max. Oh, and yeah. Beavis and Which Butthead. Which is... I and Daria and Daria, yeah. yeah. Daria is actually a spinoff from Beavis and Butthead, but yeah, the Max was by MTV, and I remember being way too young when I watched that. But like, my parents let me, and so what was I gonna do but watch this cool looking cartoon? Very psychological when you get older and watch it though, Mm -hmm. and read the comics. MTV Oddities, which was that one, was a weird series of of things. Animation doesn't really hold up right now, but. It was a thing. At this point, some of the animation almost feels like that they are throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. I want to say it's Sometimes either... Sometimes you just need some good spaghetti. <laughs> I want to know if it's... On the uh, wall. Uh, if it's, I can't remember if it's HBO or Showtime, but one of those guys did uh, spawn the animation. HBO. Oh, yeah. Was it HBO? Yeah, HBO. HBO. Oh, amazing animation. Kind of helps that you have Todd McFarlane. No relation to Seth McFarlane. Those are two different styles on there. <laughs> Yeah, Todd McFarlane actually has talent. Ooh. Truthfully, though, truthfully, I would watch a Seth MacFarlane Spawn show. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I really, too, but I'm still going to call him garbage. I I like Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> you can call me garbage too. I'm not saying you're garbage. I'm saying the majority of the stuff he puts out, especially nowadays, is garbage. But I, but honestly, a Seth MacFarlane Spawn actually sounds funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I hate all of his stuff, but I kind of am still interested, though. So if he can make it happen. Not not completely out. Then give me some margaritas and some vodka and then just put it on and I will enjoy it. I promise. It's like, shut the gate. It's like, wait, open it up a little bit. (laughs) I might mystery size theater 3000 it a little bit, but I'll watch it. But that's where these kind of weird animation comes in there which is kind of weird because mike judge is an interesting case of a animation oh makes my god that, that man he makes uh beavis and butthead which he knows going in this is not not an intellectually built show at all no nope. <laughs> How, <laughs> this is not smart humor no but then he makes daria as well which is very smart humor and probably one of my favorite animated series that was out there king of the hill Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Had a, a really hard problem with King of the Hill for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, I did not enjoy it when it was on initially. And it wasn't until like a subsequent rewatch uh in like the thousands that I, I finally like grew to appreciate it. I feel similarly. Sometimes I think maybe just like 
additional watches of something can and honestly some series just are just like that i think i think when i got a little older and you know ben and i we binged watched the whole series what last year yeah the whole series last year yeah and it's like I got more of the adult jokes, the adult situations, like stresses at work or trying to oh, yeah. put up with your relative at the holiday. And I, it's like I found humor in it. So, you know, the topic of this is, you know, adult animation. I think this is a good example of adult animation. It's not, you know, raunch or anything, but it's so full of like adult experiences that you don't really appreciate until you've had those experience and you're like oh yeah i've had that happen to me that's kind of funny and here's the outcome so yeah one of my favorite episodes in that is watching when hank hill has to prove that he did not rent a porno movie from a vhs store in order to to clean up his credit so he can buy a dryer and at some point <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I feel like it's also something really great about king of the hill is that it's it's relatable humor it's like you know this is something that like we've all been through like like you know like i was saying it's relatable humor too it's extreme as well so like no one's gonna do what Hank does. Probably, I'll spend the because he didn't want to spend the ten dollars to pay back that movie fine. <laughs> no one <laughs> instead watches, I think, sixty hours worth of porno in order to prove an inconsistency in there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he he was really dedicated to having a clean record. I mean, in one way, <laughs> <laughs> let it be on record that Hank Hill really knows his porno. I could not have had it because the tattoo on her left butt cheek was different from the one here, which was not released until this date, therefore, sir, I did not rent that porn. <laughs> oh, but then you have characters like oh, Dale Gribble's one of my favorites. Oh my god. god. The, the, the most like highest cross of like paranoid and gullible. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so you have some big names working in animation, partially for the funsies, like Steven Spielberg is almost like, I just want to make a Looney Tunes oh, thing. Let's oh, do this. Oh, and then you also have uh, yeah, things yeah, like... Uh, Leo. Sam, yeah. Sam. Leo. Leo. Yeah. Can I, I have one more King of the Hill thing before we move on. Can I please? Because it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Oh. My love, my sweet penguin. Do you remember? I remember when that episode, when Peggy accidentally took the little Mexican child <laughs> home <laughs> and they kept trying to speak Spanish to her. I just, you were laughing so hard you couldn't breathe. <laughs> it was, but it's the joy of Peggy for she is as confident as she is not good at stuff. <laughs> no, but like, she, Bless would her speak, for trying, though. she would speak Spanish terribly and you and the little animated child would ha- get the same look on your face what did they <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the exact way to put it okay. like, and I, I love how even like the lawyer in mexico was so down just like mr hill we, we like just even just trying to talk to her it's like we want to prove that her spanish is so horrible she can't even order a glass of water she's like i i'm that is not true, okay? I can't even roll my R's, see? Like, Margarita! And just like, there's not even two R's in Margarita. So, the influence of King of the Hill is going to affect animation going forward for other series in the 2000s plus. That, that down-to-earth slow burn of animation for it is where we get things like Bob's Burgers from. <laughs> mm. 
yeah. that similar style. Simpsons leads to Family Guy. It's sort of like The Simpsons is sort of your middle ground for it, and you can either go more extreme like with Family Guy, or you can go less extreme like Bob's Burgers. So at this point, this is where we bump into... Oh, one last note for adult animation before I forget. Um, a big player in this game becomes South Park. And the biggest Ooh. thing for South Park <laughs> is its speech. Simpsons, to make one episode, I think takes roughly about six months to create, to from start to finish, to make one episode. South Park has held a record of being able to finish from start to finish one episode in 24 hours. Yes, and I know what episode Damn. that is. I know what the episode that is. That is the one, the presidential one, where Obama won the election. Yeah, I think it's called uh, Day After or something. I don't know, but yeah. Oh, no, I forgot. If I bring it up, I'll bring it up later. Um, but so even early on, it, during its first season, it looks kind of cruddy for it. And it was funny because the essentially Matt, uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone sort of asked around and said, hey, our animation isn't that complicated. Could we get something that would uh, speed this up? And they're like, and the the executive they were working with is, hang on, let me see what I can do. Yeah, it's the animation program and computer system that was used for Jurassic Park. As Trey Parker has once described it as, this is like uh, asking for a fountain pen and finding a laser that can shoot the moon. <laughs> it just overpowered how much stuff they actually need to get the animation done, which is why they, on average, they take seven days to make one episode. And that's how fast they can just get these things turned out. That's why South Park is very much on top of like memes and current events. Like current events is because by the time it comes out, it's barely a week old. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also like shows that the creators like shooting their shot, just like, oh, you don't want us to make fun of that? You hear the guys? They don't want us to make fun of that. It'd be such a shame <laughs> if we were to exploit that they do not, I repeat, do not want us to make fun of this particular subject. One week later, you guys said you wouldn't. I lied. <laughs> you believed us? This becomes the opposite of an issue for it. Essentially, they can just pump them out really quickly. Now, this brings us to towards the late 90s. And here's something that we get into an issue that we never had before. Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network is the first in a channel to be completely dedicated to animation. Now we bump into an issue... We need, uh, between Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, and various other channels that are out there, animation is just needed for content and things that are out there for it. <laughs> and so, this is where we get to bump into certain things that are kind of the Hanna-Barbera, instead of being known as the cheapest of the, uh, the cheap animations for it, steps up their game to make this. They have some great cartoons on there, and most of these are linked to Hanna-Barbera in one way or another, which gets really weird. Dexter's Laboratory is amazing. <laughs> oh, so Love good. Dexter's Lab. That one also has like an epic theme song, but like in a different way than mm. Batman. Um, oh, yeah. SWAT Cats, which has a surprisingly, which is super 90s action oriented show. It's amazing. And they're anthropomorphic cats. I never watched SWAT Cats. So good. It's so good. You know what I did watch in the 90s? Hmm. Biker mice from Mars. <laughs> yeah, the nineties had a weird anthropomorphic phase, and that has to deal with it worked for the turtles. Let's do it for mm. other things. Yeah, the, the Scooby Doo effect happened, right? Like, yeah, it's their version. They got four turtles, we got four uh iguanas. Yeah. Four iguanas. <laughs> well, I, I mean I mean once they mastered like doing, you know, walking, talking, like, you know, they started with reptiles and went to amphibians and thought, what if we did it with 
other animals. Street sharks. Interesting. Stop. I was going to say, does anyone remember Capital Critters? No. Samurai Pizza Cats. Remember that. Well, that's an anime. That's a little different. But yes, it's still anthropomorphic, though. I'll count it. Can I share a cartoon I was not allowed to watch and then tell you the reason why I wasn't allowed to watch it? Yes. Yes. Captain Planet. (laughs) Did your parents love pollution or something? (laughs) Was Captain Planet too sexy? You need to have those little shorts on. Mm hmm. My father, my father, because you met my father, my love. <laughs> Anywho, my father did not allow us to watch Captain Planet because it was quote hippie liberal propaganda. Uh. If that tells you. All I'm pretty sure that tells you all you need to know about my dad. Wow, and that is a topic I'm not going to touch in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what this podcast is about but yeah so like we have bumped into different like tons and tons of different animation and such so cartoon network comes around and now we have a cartoon uh, network entirely dedicated to cartoons cartoon cartoons cartoon cartoons yes um they had not all of them are hits or misses some of them were really good and just sort of disappeared because it's even though you have a whole network dedicated that doesn't mean that you have the cost saving or ability to make it like one of my favorite shows that just sort of dried off was Megas XLR. Mm. Megas XLR. Megas XLR. Megas. Oh, Megas XLR. Can't just you can't just run it all together, Leo. <laughs> Megas XLR. That's yeah, hundred percent. Order yours today, nine ninety five. Batteries not included. Uh, my favorite part about that is essentially they're like. They literally went, like, they watched the anime uh, Macross, and in the earlier episodes, the main pilot destroys half a uh, portion of the city because he's not good at this. And their thought was, what if, hold on with me, we have a, uh, something like Macross, but the guy is a real idiot and just can't get this going. <laughs> at some point, and this is one of my favorite epi- the things on it, is the villains of this series start thinking he's the villain because he won't stop destroying things. Such a good show. Such a good show. Um, there was Camp Laszlo that came out for that, but yeah, they were, and then they had an anime block, two of them. Well, they had Adult Swim at the, uh, like, Sea Lab 2021. Oh, Brack uh, Show. The Brack Show, Story Brack. Um, I love Brack. I want to talk about a cartoon that just sort of dried up, and that was the Brack Show. And I'm mm-hmm. so, I was so sad. It was one of my favorites. Space Coast, Coast to Coast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Space Coast, Coast to Coast. I wasn't allowed to watch that either. Space Ghost? No. Wow. So Space Ghost was kind of a weird one. It was like, no, my the he, my dad caught one episode and it had an actor he didn't like, so he assumed all the actors were going to be that he didn't like. So I was yep. allowed to watch it. Well, that's what I think is so weird about Space Ghost is that like <laughs> it mixed animation from a character from an old serial mm-hmm. and combined it with real people like in a talk show you know what format? i think is really weird about space ghost mm. is how it specifically went out of its way to be what sammy's dad doesn't like <laughs> <laughs> yeah why, why don't you guys more cater to sam's dad uh, yeah. yeah they they when they were making it they specifically said that guy in particular. Mm. <laughs> well, well, no Probably. Like, what is he asking? Like, okay, so, but you also had um, Toonami in the middle of the day, the yep. anime block. 
that's where I ended up watching Tenchi Moyo. Let me tell you how yeah. later it was yes. when I became oh, older, wanted to collect Tenchi Moyo and realized that I'm collecting these completely out of order because there's three different OVAs for this sucker. Mm-hmm. Also, the 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 dubbing, like not the dubbing itself, but like changing sake to tea, oh, like God. typical America stuff. They have jelly donuts too. Yeah, I was gonna say like this is around that time, right, with yeah. the advent of English dubbing. Mm-hmm. Where where you see things like frying pan, drying pan, jelly donuts <laughs> that are onigiri, right. you know, soda in place of wine, uh, <laughs> like Go Gohan Jeez. in one of the DBZ movies, one of the first DBZ movies gets drunk, like <laughs> legitimately gets drunk and causes havoc, and they just don't ever explain it. They just they just wave it away, like oh yeah, he drinks some juice. It's weird. <laughs> crazy <laughs> he drank some fun fun juice you know i think this is probably a really good way to segue into four kids oh god no oh god <laughs> yeah we're late 90s early 2000s this is the four kids anime jam session here you know and hold on so i was also having a, a moment i think a couple weeks ago where, where i was just I was talking with my coworkers about like you ever just like feel so old do you actually remember when something literally changed from one thing to another because every single time I think of four kids, I keep thinking just like, I remember when I used to be called the Fox Box. But I remember when I used to be called Fox Kids. But then I remember when I used to be called, well, back to four kids. <laughs> and now it went full circle. It's like, they, they try to go in out of the way to find a rating lower than G. Well, it's, it's well, crazy. So I have, hang on, Liz. No, it? sorry, Dane. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Go for it. I'll go next. Um, So I think a lot about, because um, I didn't really know that four kids was like hot garbage at first right until um they were doing escaflone oh no and i watched the first like four episodes that they had aired and then my cousin started oh then they canceled it like pretty quick and that's when my cousin started getting that ordered in the mail and Uh, when we watched it, I realized how butchered it was. And it's because they were trying to keep the rating so low that they were cutting out anything even remotely offensive to the point where they were like chopping up episodes. Like they, there was a couple episodes that were like three Escaflone episodes merged into one because they, they cut out so much content. And, but there's a point in that anime where you just come across some certain things that you can't edit away without ruining the story. And I think they realized that. And that's why they canceled it. That's what I realized Four Kids was garbage. Also, uh, I thought instead of it being like Four Kids, I thought it was Four Kids. And now whenever I hear Four Kids, I just imagine that it was like a room of Mm. four children. It's like, no, it's too scary. Make it like, not like that. (laughs) No, I feel you on that. Because I remember... Man, I remember just like, like Four Kids was also my first introduction um, introduction to One Piece, but I I didn't mind it because I was also like six at the time, so just like mm-hmm. okay, you know how you know can be silly, but well, then like Four Kids did Pokemon for a while too, right? Mm-hmm. And Yu Gi Oh, Shaman King. Yes. Oh Shaman my God. Yu-Gi-Oh. Well, I watched I watched the Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh ones though, but oh yeah. Th- Dane, you also had something you were going to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just in similar fashion, right, uh, to your Escaflone story, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! 
There's a bunch of scenes of like security guards mm-hmm. holding guns. Oh my god! And those are just <laughs> gone, but they're still pointing. So it's like really <laughs> awkward because they're 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 holding like they have like the empty hands. They're, they're pointing really hard. Yeah, like you'll kill with me, Sinel Kaiba. Yeah, there's a scene exactly where where Kaiba's being like taken by his his security team. Uh, who have betrayed him, and they're all pointing <laughs> at him. And even as a kid, I was like, "That's kind of weird." Like, uh, uh, they're like, "That's him. That's Seto Kaiba. Come with us." Yeah. And then he's like, "No!" Jumps out the window. It's like, but, "Yep, like yep." Kind of, oh my god, that's that no. scene. <laughs> no, no. So that, I believe the, it. Just like just so good back when I was just like first enjoying One Piece, but then when I grew up and matured and realized it's like okay maybe this is a little too goofy then i started reading the mangos of it i'm like oh my god jesus christ and i was like you know they really should have talked more about the let's see this list um it's like murder slavery it's like all these things going down the list there is a scene where i specifically remember within like episode two where one of luffy's friends is literally held at gunpoint but four kids decide to replace that with some sort of like little spring action thing with a hammer at the end of it. <laughs> like, like some oh, I, I do have to say, like, the One Piece English four kids opening is still a bop to this day, though. Honestly, it's like that was the one redeemable thing about four kids. Just like, you know what? They had to get one thing right. At least that opening did kind of slap. Like, what are the kids yeah. into? Rap. Let's just like, let's just do a rap song about pirates. Like let, let's do it. But also just like every like they're, they're, Leo, we might have to do a part three. <laughs> we do. We do. But it's like they had to replace guns with super soakers. There's literally a dude about to have like bomb suicide, but they did that replace all his bombs with just like one sword. It's like, let's get ready for battle. I'm like, well, that was a complete de-escalation of this scenario. <laughs> I mean, the entire idea of the Shadow Realm. Oh my god. The Shadow Realm. In, for those who aren't aware, in Yu-Gi-Oh! The Four Kids dub specifically, uh, there is this thing known as the Shadow Realm, which means that when people have bad things happen to them, like when buildings fall on them, or when they get cut in half, they don't die, because that would be bad. They go to the, the Shadow, Shadow Realm. realm. Uh, Wait, um... I um, yeah. I have not watched Yu-Gi-Oh since the four kids dub. Is that not a thing? No, the Shadow Realm doesn't exist in in the like. It's really not. They, they were talking about just straight murder, just yeah. murder, murder. <laughs> like like like. So I just scene... learned that today. I was today years old when I learned that the Shadow Realm was not real. There's a scene <laughs> I where I just thought that the Shadow Realm was like where your cards yeah. go to die. Yeah, no, you you go there to die too. Uh, there's a scene where Yugi gets challenged to a shadow game. And the stage comes alive and has literal buzz saws. That yes! Will- oh my yes! That's just what I was thinking. But like the original is like a little like bright glowing disc. Uh-huh. That will cut you in half uh, if you lose too many <laughs> life points. But it like just does like psychic damage to them or something. Like emotional no damage. damage pretty much uh i guess my last story for four kids and then i will turn it over to somebody else uh so if you've heard of the anime madoka magica it is an oh, adult geez. like uh, meaning not sexy time but like graphic scenes violence etc uh magical girl show that doesn't start out that way. It starts out as kind of cute and wholesome, very Sailor oh, yeah. Moon-esque. <laughs> and then 
very quickly starts to go downhill. I well, haven't watched it yet, so no spoilers. Fair enough. Uh, don't worry, it's there will a, be no spoilers here. It's a deconstruction. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put that, okay? Um, it's a what? A, a deconstruction. deconstruction. Oh yeah, I know it's like a subversion of the like magical girl tropes, but so four kids being the awesome pillars of animation and dubbing that we've already described decided we got to get in on this. We need us the magical girl. Oh, this is real. Oh, this is real. And they, you know, bought streaming rights or whatever you want to call it and decided to make their own show called Magical Molly. (laughs) Now this show never aired. I don't believe, but they were trying to turn this adult, centric magical girl show into a kid-friendly show about wishes and friendship and y'all having seen madoka magica i (laughs) do not know how it's possible i think there's 24 episodes in madoka no there's only 12 is there only 12 there's only 12 and like one movie that like ties everything in the finale i feel like you could get like six maybe that's out of magical it. molly and that's pushing it dude oh my god they'd be lucky to get the three honestly yeah because there is like the, the first couple episodes it starts out pretty normal and then and then it takes a turn and doesn't and, really and slow were they down. trying to were they trying to dub madoka magica into magical molly or whatever yeah and um, okay with certain edits on that and at some point they just gave up <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the same thing that happened with Escaflone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not quite as dark as I've heard Mad- Madoka Magica gets, but like Escaflone deals with some pretty weird topics for the time. Like they get into like gender transition. They get into why does Falcon have two hot cat girls around at all times? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The show doesn't get into that. You just use your imagination. Yeah, no. Madoka Magica, if you've seen the series, oh, um, if you I know, you know. You know, you know. <laughs> and I can tell you, you're lucky if you're going to get the. You maybe get two episodes out of that, at least. And then yeah. the series oh, just yeah. sort of ends. <laughs> I, I like how we keep going lower in episodes. Just like the more we think about it, we're just like, no, you got to cut this out, this out, this out. It's like, you know, it's just one less episode. Let's go there. You get like an episode and a half. <laughs> I have a feeling that for Magical Molly, they decided to, somebody decided, yeah, we should get right on this and didn't watch the anime before they got this. They just sort of skipped that part. I just found a cool piece of trivia about four kids entertainment. Oh, God. They filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Ah, of course they did. Effective February 7th, 2017, the company ceased all immediate operations. Oh, and I lost don't... all the license and products to so many things. So I'm not going to get my second season of Magical Molly is what you're saying? Oh. I'm saying, I oh, am saying I have blessed you with this knowledge to spare you, child. Yes. Well, okay. I do have one last thing for four kids. Yep. And nah. it was like one of the most insane ways I've ever seen him try to censor someone's uh, queerness. Oh my god. Oh yeah. So, and I discovered this when playing uh, a One Piece video game and wondered, hold on, why does the uh, wonderful ballerina man... No! Boncleave! Oh yes, Boncleave. Who literally does like ballet campo and calls it Okama campo because he's gay as all hell. (laughs) (laughs) He literally comes from a queer island. That's That's how far we go into this. But what they did when I was noticing is... Why does he sound like he's from Louisiana? (laughs) (laughs) 
And so instead of just like trying to explain this, like, no, no, he's just gay. They decided to just like say that he's just some crazy Southern man that just came out in the high seas and just loves dressing like, like a Swan Lake ballerina all the time. Is Instead of, because his martial art was literally called Okaba Kempo, which just translates to gay Kempo. But instead, uh, this one, he just calls it crazy Kempo. Oh my god. So, who did the original Sailor Moon dub? Oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> because we got some kissing cousins in that one. Mm, I believe that was Optimum, if my memory serves. So we have confirmed that Southern and Incest is more appropriate than literal queerness. Oh, well, they didn't actually... They actually stopped dubbing it once it got... once. The original company stopped dubbing it once it started getting a little too, like, they were a little too close. Haruka and, 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 although, what did they call them in English? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, God. I don't know. God. Anyway, they stopped dubbing it after a while. There's only so much you can do. So that being said, this is, gets us out of the two, uh, 90s into the 2000s now. So now Ooh. we get into where animation is exploded. Like, that's, oh, there's yeah. no shortcut for this. Um, in the early 2000s or so, we ended up having Family Guy, which came out, which is a show that got so popular, they canceled it twice. <laughs> yeah. Futurama, which is arguably the, is considered the smartest show, uh, animated show out there. And that's because what? Their entire writing staff is, has nothing but PhDs at least. I don't think that, the, I don't think that's true, but they, um, whatever they can't figure out on their own, they can, they bring people in to like they actually created a whole new theorem because of the body switching episode mm -hmm. they had to figure out it's i think it's called the farnsworth equation now and it's like if two people switch bodies how many like it's like how many um bodies or how many other people have to be involved to get those people those two people back in their original bodies or something if they if you switch bodies and you can't switch back to it directly mm -hmm. Um, another thing that pops up around this time is the influence of anime starts influencing animation in the, the Western side for it. So we have shows such as like Samurai Jack, Samurai Jack, Teen Titans, uh, mm. Jackie Chan Adventures is one of my faves. Oh uh, yeah. Avatar mm. The Last Airbender. Oh, yep. And Avatar. Yes. yes. So good. And yeah, so like animation becomes basically more mainstream at that point. It's a day-to-day -day thing, and it doesn't really matter what age group you're at. Sometimes they just target a general uh, audience. Some of your animation becomes weird, but a lot of it's a lot smarter than people give it credit for. Invader Sim alone was kind of... So much dark humor. Dark humor. So out there. And yeah, it's a hit. But then you have, like, um, Avatar. I could go miles and miles for Avatar. God, Avatar has some of the best storytelling in Honestly, existence. Honestly, we, we can have a whole episode about just avatar i'm in i'm in i'm solid at this <laughs> um, all right cool also in <laughs> i need to rewatch it it's been a hot minute i'm in if you're wondering why it sort of <laughs> seems like we're passing through the 2000s really quickly it's because at this point it's mostly mainstream and so because we're of out of time <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs> um but no without uh the 90s is where the big revolution happens 
that's where animation changes all over the board. But in the 2000s, now that we've kind of gotten through the revolution, people know that what they're looking for and where and what kind of animation they're going for. You have Avatar, for example, which has layers upon layers of themes that are in there. There's redemption. Uh, Zuko's redemption arc alone is amazing. Oh, God. Well, and then also, like, just like learning that revenge is not the best, like, don't how it can just. Answer. Yeah, it can, like, lead you astray and stuff. And don't piss off your crazy sister. That's important. Azula is one of my favorite characters because a lot of times, especially in this in this time frame, when you have action adventure shows, there's always this sort of a template that uh, it's a mis- that that person's a villain as an accident, or they have some kind of redemption, or like in Jackie Chan Adventures, the main villain for most of the series is possessed by another person and can't really make his own decisions. Yeah. Um, Valmont is possessed by Shendu, the the dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, for others, ones for Teen Titans, there's uh, they keep trying to some of these villains. They're try to like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Redeem them mm-hmm. in one way or another. Oh, Slade, man. Oh. And then you get to Avatar when you get to Azula, and even um, and it's one of my favorite lines. Zuko's talking to to Uncle Iroh. I know, Uncle, you want us to be together and work well as a family and Ira just turns no your sister's crazy we can you put her down <laughs> <laughs> it's like didn't even pull a single punch at that it's like i don't care if she's family it's like our family sucks that's why it's just the two of us now oh again See, sometimes you just gotta gotta get rid of your crazy sister <laughs> it just that's not family. that's not permission for murder no so at this point we start getting seeing animation get all over the place with this now we get into the 2010s and this is where animation becomes where we're to current which is where we're at right now people start wanting to explore themes and start doing things but you bump into stuff that doesn't pop up that didn't pop up before for one reason or another um two big ones jojo's bizarre adventure didn't bump Mm. into claim its claim to fame until about the 2010s or so and Mm -hmm. isekais a whole genre of anime a that's not there even though isekai as a story t- template has been around for centuries you tell me the first isekai um so a person who goes to another world that's outside of- no 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 the first isekai story ever told ever you said centuries i want to know well, i'm gonna have oh. to do some backtracking but i'll take the case <laughs> <laughs> um i will did shakespeare say- write one <laughs> a kinetic Yankee in king arthur's court 18 uh, what was it a very quick Google search. <laughs> Japanese folktales such as Udashima Taro uh, are pointed to as sort of the first concept of the isekai. I'm just going to say, I don't think there were trucks during that time. You know what? Truck-kun <laughs> is a new addition to an old problem. <laughs> and the old problem is we need more teenagers back in time. <laughs> That's true. How do we get all these teenagers back in time and possibly to another world? Hang on, I got a truck. Wait, like, trucks. That that sounds like <laughs> a 2020 anime title. The the, the horse and oh buggy God, just wasn't doing it. It took a lot more to like run somebody over back in the day. So, hey, you know, in the beginning of Neo, the world ends with you. A truck is almost what causes the problems. True. Mm-hmm. Such a good game. I mean, Yu Yu Hakusho starts with a truck. Yeah, I never watched Yu Yu Hakusho actually. So, Udashima Taro was done in 1918? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. The, the earliest animation of one of these is 1918. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm looking up too. It looks like it's a, it goes as far back as the 18th century. Yeah. Damn. So, way to be, Leo. You were technically correct. The best kind of correct. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, we've even seen it in Western animation. Dungeons and Dragons, when that was in the 80s, uh, it was a remake. That is basically an isekai. They fight Tiamat the first episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's <is> just crazy. <laughs> that That's is... my tabletop bias coming through but it's a great it's a great series it's a great series they are not the right level for this encounter yeah level one adventurers tiamat let's go and it's not just tiamat too is it falcor what is that dude's name the evil guy the evil guy's there too falcor's from a never-ending story you're from a never-ending story i am yeah can i be the one that dies no 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 that's That's my job um. <laughs> no, that would be the ending story. Venger, <laughs> Venger's his name. Sorry, sorry, Venger. Oh, but anyway, so isekais have been—I'd say about 2010 or so. That have just been one after another or so. I am such isekai trash. I love that story mode, <laughs> mostly because I want to get hit by a truck and go to another world. But <laughs> like, I don't really want to die. But if it means I get to go to another world, maybe it's worth it. Maybe. Um, what is a couple of good isekai? Escaflone is an isekai. Escaflone yep. is an isekai, yeah. Would you consider Dot Hack? I never saw Dot Hack, actually. They oh. don't go to a, like, they don't get hit by a truck and go to a different <laughs> world, but they do go to another world virtually. Yeah. Well, then would Sword Art Online be an yeah. isekai? Yeah, it would be. 100%. I never, I never saw it, so I was just asking. <laughs> no, genu- genuine question. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Kai, Dade, what are the big East guys that are running around right now? Uh, slime's pretty good. I got hit by a truck and now I'm in the past. <laughs> I would watch. I would watch. 100% Liz, <laughs> I know you're joking. Would watch that show. <laughs> Maybe I'll make it. You don't know. Oh my I god, would... I do have I do have a program. It's it's a free program so anybody can have it um, for making a visual novel. Maybe I'll make a visual novel about it. Uh, I, know, I know that ReZero is a big one. Yeah, ReZero is pretty big. Um, I recently finished one called Plunder. Mm, Plunder's pretty good. Isn't there one like, don't date girls in a dungeon? Is it wrong to pick, up, pick girls up girls in a dungeon? dungeon? Also, what's the deal with Isekai's having like an entire paragraph for their title? So, they come from light novel titles. And rather than come up with you know a different way to phrase it, they just reuse the light novel title oh you want to know something that's fun um there is an album out actually i think it's a fiona apple album hang on the full album's title is when the pawn hits the conflicts he thinks like a king when he knows what he knows throws the blows when he goes to the fight and he'll win the whole thing before he enters the ring there's no body to batter when your mind is your might so when you go solo, you hold your own hand and remember that depth is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where to land. And if you fall, it won't matter because you'll know that you're right. Yeah. We give Isekai a bunch of crap. Yeah. I feel like that deserves it too. Yeah. I love that personally, but if we're going to, if we're going to make fun of one, we need to make fun make of fun it of all. Other, right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, what is now one of them? One of these titles, like it's a movie called "Don't Me a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Orange Juice in the Hood." It's like this giant. It's a no. It's a, "Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Sipping Your Juice in the yeah, Hood." Yeah, the one. Yeah. I remember that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I would never. As a really quick aside, they do have a light novel title that is 
claiming to be the longest light novel title so far. Oh. Uh, it's abbreviated to Nagai Taitoro, or sorry, Toru, uh, and it is 10 pages long, and it's just the first 10 pages of the novel, is the title. Jesus! <laughs> so, just, just to give you a very small, uh, I'm going to read the first two sentences. My life is just as wrong as I expected after traveling to another world where I'm surrounded by cute girls in a magical high school, and I'm also the fabled hero of legend, but before I tell you that story, I have to tell you this story, and it just continues. <laughs> Oh my god. The, the title is literally a story. In literally the first like couple pages of this light novel. They're getting out of hand. I love it. I'm I'm here for it. Let's <laughs> ten pages? You maybe wonder why title is so long. It's actually a funny story. Ten pages? That's beginner numbers. We gotta get those numbers up. <laughs> Oh, oh that's a rookie title number. I wanna see the title card in the anime adaptation for this show. <laughs> Listen, I want I want one episode that's completely nothing but credits. <laughs> so it would have to be. <laughs> and I want it read by William Shatner. I'm here for it. I'm here for that. Um there is at least one East guy that I know that ha- that I think it's it's a weird one. It has to deal with Sega Corporation, but it's um I think it happens after the Isekai has happened. Like this is stuff that happens after all that Isekai problems. Um we bump into this, and then uh, one of the bigger things that happens at this p- last point is for animation is a change in how animation is done. So, uh, one of the things is a typical season episode is about 24 episodes, okay? That's a typical season in the United States for any series. Sometimes they will either make a ton of episodes for a season or cut it in half. Like, now, it's the same budget for for all the the same episodes so the thing is that you can do something like tons and tons of little details and animation and they're like in rick or morty does because they're only 11 episodes long or you can try to stretch it out as you can which gargoyles has had 52 episodes in one season Mm -hmm. oh my i do miss 24 season or 24 episode seasons Mm -hmm. uh at least in terms of Japanese animation or you know anime type like we're seeing 12 more and more and that's just not enough y'all honestly no I want more also when they have their story arc broken up between one season one and season two no no just yeah. make more episodes finish the arc yeah hard to do a coherent well thought out story in 12 episodes I think for anybody you get back here and you finish where you started <laughs> But yeah, at this point, we're at the modern age. So like outside of that, one of the other interesting things is watching animated series get their own reboot from themselves. Mm. The only one that like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has had four different reboots at this point in time. Dang If if not more. 87, 2003. 2010s. uh, 2012. And then the Rise of the Ninja Turtles that was just a couple of years ago. Scooby-Doo is on its like 500th. Yeah, but that's what you get with Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo just gets their own thing. Yeah, but Scooby-Doo's been rocking that since like, what, the 60s? Yeah, I wasn't being disparaging about it. Uh, yeah. Um, and my personal favorite of all the reboots is the DuckTales reboot. (laughs) That thing is gold. Solid gold. It's so good. So, so good. Sam Regal did work on that. I love what they did to Mrs. Beasley. Mrs. Beakley? Yeah. Beakley. Oh I love what she is now. Damn. Oh, man. Take that, Mrs. Beasley, and put her in the movie with Jeannie and Christopher Lloyd as the magician. Oh, she will have whooped his ass. Oh, God. She would have been fine. 
<laughs> and they have the probably one of the most elite class of uh, voice acting I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. What is Dave David Tennant is Scrooge, and it's elite going down for voice acting through the whole thing. I mean, that's actually a really good point, uh, Scorpio. You that you bring up right, mm-hmm. like animation in the you know seventies, eighties, nineties, etc was not often seen as being this sort of artistic endeavor in that it got, you know, big name actors to cross over. Typically speaking, you got, you know, voice actors to do the work and there was a separation between being an actor and a voice actor. Mm -hmm. And I think it's only recently, relatively recently, that we start to see that that, that divide shrink, right? You've got David Tennant in DuckTales, of all things. Like, Mm -hmm. That never would have happened when the original DuckTales was produced. Oh, good lord, right? no. You know, um, it should have. He, he's great in it. But, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and so you start to see this this divide, you know, the, the Critical Role uh, animated series. Oh, man, Critical Role. <laughs> has so many famous actors yeah, and voice Fox actors Machina. inside of it. Mm-hmm. Dude, when they got Lance Reddick, I was like, that dude, like, I love Lance Reddick. He can, he can read me the phone book. He's amazing. You know, they got a hobbit. They got, I believe, David Tennant was also in that. Oh, yeah. David Tennant was a dragon. I mean, like, insane. You know, these are some of the biggest names in Hollywood, the biggest named actors out there. And they're voicing a cartoon dragon, which I think is amazing. What is it? Lynn Miranda? um, Lynn Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, Lynn Lynn Miranda. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Uh, He was uh, uh, voice acting in in DuckTales as uh, Gizmo Duck. Yeah. Really? Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Alan Tudyk went to Juilliard and he played a CGI animated rooster. Like Yeah. He we Juilliard. Love Moana. Yeah, in Moana. <laughs> we love Moana in this house. <laughs> no, no, Moana's great. But like oh, absolutely. How, No, no, I know. I'm just saying. I wasn't. Like, how, yeah. How absurd is that? Like dude went to the most prestigious acting school, stage acting, you know, Hollywood, one of the biggest names in Hollywood. And he's 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 strutting around going buck, 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 you know, like, and he's great in that film. He's amazing. <laughs> but, like, that never would have happened, I don't think. Oh, absolutely not. But I think it's also because, like, a lot of times, like, animation didn't really get much, like, honestly, like, not the respect it really deserved until, like, like, Batman Adams and series came out and really yeah. just showed, like, no, you can, you can do long-term storytelling with, like, things that are drawn out and animated and all that. Well, and even, like, even nowadays, people, there's still a lot of people who think that animation is cartoons for kids. Like, mm-hmm. that mentality is sort of dying out there. There's less of It really is, but it's also because we're also bringing out shores, uh, shows like Steven Universe and Adventure Time. We're just like, no, you stick for the long run. There is a huge long-term story that is just going to be insane and sometimes, like, better than, like, what even some live-action stories can even tell. Yeah, I didn't even realize that Adventure Time takes place in a post is a post apocalyptic show until like going through that series. Um, right. Another good one is Gravity Falls. There's mystery mm-hmm. in- all over in that show. Hidden codes, hidden mysteries, yeah, and, and such. Gets you excited about like the whole thing, but it also shows just like you know, it's like it's not just for kids. Like adults can really just not just enjoy this; they can enjoy the stories, but also just like. It doesn't even have to be like adult jokes either, because I remember when uh, when Sam and I were watching over the Garden Wall, and it's like <laughs> honestly, no, that thing does not get really past like P 
PG on any sort of turns, but like the weird, like dark humor and spookiness of things that just happen is just so bizarre. Oh, the garden wall's great. Right. If you want a good example of how voice acting and animation just sort of changes, one of the best ones out there in old school, but is probably the t- is one of the top tier anime voice acting, Steve Bloom. Steve oh, has been in the game oh, since he's so great. The like, or, well, what is it? He's in like I think like ten of the top filled animations out the animes that are out there. Cowboy Bebop has Steve Bloom in it. Samurai Champloo, um, Starscream, Transformers. Um. Oh yeah, Wolverine. He got the role for Wolverine in three different series: Wolverine and the X Men, oh, wow. and two, oh, and in Spider Man, he's still Wolverine. In one Roger of Smith things. from Big O. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my God, um, I love Big O so much. Steve Bloom, if you're out there, I love your work. <laughs> love your work. But when he first started, he had a pseudonym because you would separate. Uh, in order to separate him as getting jobs as a regular actor versus voice acting, he had a pseudonym. But he was so popular with that, he had a pseudonym for a pseudonym. I think he ends up having like six different pseudonyms. Oh, wow. Well, um, that was that was really common. Um, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn mm-hmm. used to have, used to go by Melissa Williams um, until, like, because it, it just, like, it wasn't something that you wanted to put on your resume or, um, like, on your IMDb. But then now it's like, yeah, I was in Full Metal Alchemist. What? Full Metal Alchemist. I love that one so much. And we've kind of gotten full circle of where animation becomes basically legacy. If you want a weird take of that, one of the newest animated series that are out right now is Lower Decks for Star Trek. It is oh, yeah. considered part of that gigantic canon is of Star Trek. So whatever's happening in that animated series, even though it's animated, is part of this giant universe. Yeah. And it's there to stay. Um, and that is basically a rough guess of how we get from uh, from all these animated series. I mean, there's a bunch of... Uh, we could literally keep talking in this topic. Uh, and we've already come up with like four or five different podcast episodes coming down on the pipe now. <laughs> Dude, anime alone was about to derail us. We are we are all like... a bunch of weebs in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not apologizing for that. Mm-hmm. Nope. Some more than others. I haven't watched a lot of anime in recent years, but... I you know, used to be quite the weeb back in the day. You know, so there's timeless. there's definitely the, definitely different degrees of like weebyism. You know, the the I'm consistent like, the constant like adding things to your anime list when you know you're not going to watch them all, but it's like something <laughs> like on standby when you don't know what else to watch. And, uh, yeah, and, and you know, y'all like to that point, right? Like, I just want to say, love what you love. It doesn't matter if you've seen one episode of Dragon Ball Z. If you want to call yourself a fan, you're a fan. Fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely. Life is too short to gatekeep people. A hundred percent. You know, like and, you, and you never played a Final Fantasy game. You just like the aesthetics. That's fine. You're a Final yeah. Fantasy fan. Yeah, that's that's good enough. To piggyback off back Dane's powerful monologue, yeah. let's say pay your bills, pay them bitches, no mine. Word. Exactly. <laughs> I just get so tired of like. <sighs> just people being all gatekeepy about things and i'm like dude life is too short for me to give a shit about like how much you know i was at the um card game shop a while like this was back when i was first getting into the final fantasy card game and i went into or like talking to somebody and this woman was talking about 
she was like, I love Final Fantasy X. And I was like, dude, me too. It's so good. And I wanted to talk about it. And she was like, oh, I've only played the Final Fantasy card game. So she only knew like how good the cards were in that context. I'm like, good on you. I don't like. So? Yeah. Heck yes. Heck yes, oh, brother. Oh, are you into Final Fantasy? Name every Final Fantasy character then. Sid. Dang it. I <laughs> <laughs> set the bar too low. Like, oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Like, I mean, if. However you engage with your media, just love what you love. What you love. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, as long as you're enjoying it, that's what really matters on that. Yeah, yeah. as long as you're not what hurting anyone, it? who gives a shit? What is it? My, uh, me and Ben's father, I didn't find out until recently, he actually binge watches and is hardcore into Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack. He loves oh, Samurai so Oh my god. Yeah, absolutely. That's oh, so babe, babe, I remember. I remember when we actually he came over to our place, and we were in the middle of like teaching my mom how to just like flip on these things. Mm-hmm. And then we got the fifth season, and it was just like immediately put it on. He's like, "Oh snap, another season!" and just glued his butt to the couch and just stayed concentrated on it. It's like, "Oh my god, we got babe. completely trapped." Babe, Monday. It's literally that meme we saw about how the girlfriend put football on for her boyfriend and then went and took a nap. And he's like, she toddlered me. We toddlered your dad. That's okay. I went over to my nephew once. I had to do babysitting. And he's like, oh, man, I wanted to show you something really cool. Uh, really cool, Uncle Leo. I go, yeah, sure, whatever. Ever, why don't you show me this? And he started showing me uh, Gravity Falls. But I hadn't finished the season. I go, we're turning that off right now. I'm watching that when I get home. You can't spoil this for me. No way, <laughs> you child. Oh my god. Also, the thing with subs versus dubs, personally, don't care. That's nope. sort of a weird uh-huh. elitist outfit. When I it watched really Looney is. Tunes back in the day, I didn't even get to watch them in English. Oh, really? Yeah, the first couple of Looney Tunes I watched were all in Spanish um, that my oh, dad got cool. from another country from when he visited Mexico. That is so dope. Mm-hmm. I had my no first- idea. Yeah, my first anime that I've ever watched is Lupin the Third, and oh. I watched it entirely in Spanish. I had no idea what was going on, but man, is it amazing. Absolutely. Actually, I, I think my first introduction to Naruto was actually when I was visiting another, and this is before I even like watched it at all. And then we were just all sitting there. He just popped in his laptop. It's just like worked on all the wires. And then I was literally just watching Naruto in Spanish. It was like halfway <laughs> in. A ch- it was in the tuning exams when Naruto was fighting Kiba. I was like, oh. this, is, this is lit. But that also reminded me of just a dark time where just uh, trying to pirate those animes back then. To, and you would find just, it's in English, but for some reason it has like Arabic du- like subtitles under it. Oh my God. So I- I'm going to pull my old person card. Cause oh my God. I want to do it we- next. We have to at least. I do. Ours, I, ours, I might be, ours might be similar, but like kids these days, I'm going to start it out with saying that. Oh kids, my God. Kids these yep. days do not realize just how good they have it. When I was watching Naruto, when I was watching Bleach, when it was first airing in Japan, I would watch it on Thursday night because it came out, I think, Tuesday over there. Uh, it would be dubbed by Thursday, but we had to watch it on YouTube. 320p <laughs> cut into five parts. Yeah. Okay, so mine mine was similar uh when I was starting to watch Naruto. Um my cousin and I used to we used to download it from iMesh. <laughs> and we always had to make sure to look for the fan dub or the fan mm-hmm. sub because it would be subtitled um 
by and like there were certain people who would subtitle it better than others and you always found the person that you really liked and then when that person didn't do an episode you're like no mm-hmm. and we used to wait hours to download one episode yeah and like so there was a meme going around that was like people you know like f- people who do fan subs like and like joking like nobody people who do fan subs and it's like blah 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 senpai or whatever and then it has the asterisk and then at the top of the screen is like a whole paragraph that's like in this context senpai means this and i didn't oh translate it in japanese i didn't translate it from japanese because in the context it would mean blah 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 and like literally it literally <laughs> like trying to, they would translate it and then tell you why they left it in japanese in the subtitles by translating it <laughs> But, like, the long reason. And it was, like, that was how I used to watch Naruto. Less fan subs. I was going to say, I I remember as a kid, um, growing up, I was really stingy about just, like, trying to keep up with Spanish in the house. Because, like, you know, growing up, it was kind of hard to find other people that speak Spanish. But I remember, like, what really helped out was when I was trying to watch animes. And, again, like, 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 the Middle Eastern... Arabic like subtitles. Sometimes I would find the entire animes in Spanish. It's like, well, I guess this is why mommy actually trained me. <laughs> she knew. <laughs> like, one way or another, I would have to learn it. So I had so then I got introduced to the first couple episodes of Lucky Star in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it wasn't too bad. All right, Sam. We're gonna say Sam. <laughs> I remember when eBay became a thing and my brother <laughs> would buy VHS tapes of Dragon Ball Kit. Yeah, little kid Goku. Yeah, that's very- Dragon yeah, Ball. Yeah, okay. And they were not edited, obviously. So it's like there would be... How, how did he do it? I think the guy said he put the Kells caption in English on the TV as it we recorded it. And that was the dubbing or, or subbing. But like there'd be opening, a commercial, open or first couple scenes, a commercial. Remember oh those weird ass Japanese commercials? I remember there was one for a Super Mario Brothers three, and it had a granny and balloons, and she flew off into space, and I just miracles that scared the crap out of me. And now I'm remembering it. She's like, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. I must go. My people no, need me. No, no. What it was, she was walking with her grandson, and her grandson let it go of the balloon. So she did Mario. She kept hopping up and up and up and up and out into the freaking space to get the damn balloon back. <laughs> All right. I can't remember algebra, but I can remember that. <laughs> All right, before we close this out, um, as the last sort of ditch effort, I wanted uh, some of us to just list out, you know, basically uh, animated shows that you would would love and you could just go back to over and over again real quick. Uh, Like, for myself, personally, if I was to recommend any couple of episodes, I would go with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hell yeah, I do the DuckTales reboot. Hold on, hold on. Velma. Let's, no, what? No, no, what? no, no. no. Oh, I, I know, I know. I was doing it for that reaction. <laughs> you stay you got out. It. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. No, we will uh, not tarnish our boy. <laughs> no, um, so I would go with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2012 version, because it's like the best mix of all the other versions together. But yeah, DuckTales, I am solid with that. Anytime, anywhere, I'm in. What about you, Zombie Hand? 
Full Metal Alchemist. That's a good bet. Yeah. Original and Brotherhood. Agreed. Doesn't matter which one you think. It's still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And both of them do something better than the other, I would say. Mm-hmm. I agree. One of my friends just started watching Brotherhood. She like just finished it. Nice. And she was saying like... She was like, I don't really remember much of the original, but I, I like Brotherhood better. And I was like, don't engage <laughs> because <laughs> the original Full Metal Alchemist means a lot to me. Like it was one of those that's, that was very personal and oh. very like, yeah, it just means a lot to me. And so I was like, don't, you can't, you can't talk with your emotions right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Edward Elric is like one of the best fictional characters in existence. I'm done. I'm surprised I you didn't go with like Futurama. You love that. Oh, Futurama too. <laughs> Futurama is like one is like my go-to show when I need something on in the background. Fair. All right. How about you, Dane? I'm gonna choose two because because this is my time and I can do that. Hell yeah. Um, for the animation side of things, uh, Cowboy Bebop. No, no contest. Oh, that's uh, a solid. Bet. I still need to watch that a first time. It's my favorite anime that has ever been made ever in the history of ever. I watch it probably about once a year, including the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie's amazing. And actually the animation of the movie is crisp. It's just so good. Um I could I could I could gush on one of these podcasts about it <laughs> for the whole time if I was allowed to. Um, let's say for the anime episode. I mean we're I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna take over the anime episode with that. The anime episode <laughs> deserves to be said, but we can do a Cowboy Bebop episode, and I'm, I'm down, down for that. Yes. Um, the, the first 10 minutes will just be talking about the opening theme song. Oh, my God. Line by line. Let's go. <laughs> um, I mean, the seatbelts. Yo- ah, man, okay. I, I got to get away from so, Cowboy Bebop. The real folk blues. Oh, yeah. So good. I, 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 yeah. So that's, that's my first choice uh, for non-Western animation. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of Western animation, it's got to be Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo's the goat. In my mind, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. there were kind of like two loves of my life that have influenced who I am as a nerd. And this is going to be my third choice out of two because this is my time and I can do that. <laughs> do uh, and so my love of mystery stemmed from a number of books, but mostly from Scooby-Doo. Uh, and my love of uh, Japan and their culture and, and all started juvenilely with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And then... Power Rangers and then anime, which led me to Cowboy Bebop. So that's that's how I'm going to tie that in. Love those mm-hmm. things. Personally, my favorite of the Scooby Doo is Mystery Inc. Oh, it's so good! It's so honestly good. God, I still probably probably the best. Like yeah. the original, Where Are You? Real good, real real good. But mm-hmm. like Mystery Inc. just does what it does very well. And there, there's actually like a narrative storyline to it. So if you mm-hmm. that's your Jimmy Jams, check it out. Actually, there is one thing I want to see on Scooby-Doo. I strongly believe that out of any of their theme songs, the one that slaps the hardest is the What's New Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah. Simple plan, man. They they do work. Oh, uh, Ben, what are a couple of animation things that you would stick with? Uh, okay, let's see. Feel free to choose two or three or 12. <laughs> two or three. <laughs> I can't stop you. This is your time. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick in like two, two or three just to, just to keep this nice and, nice and short. Uh, so... Uh, long-term one, there's gonna be an obvious one, would be One Piece. That's because it's just long-term storytelling that just keeps unfolding more and more in ways, and just 
honestly, and I had a Kodak moment when going to watch a movie with two guys where one of them was around since day one and the other one started it the same year and was completely caught up within months by the time the movie came out in America. Wild. And I was like, you know what? If you're not, th- we're in the time of streaming, and if you're dedicated enough, go for it. And uh, for my other one, I'm gonna go to American Animations over to Garden Wall. Mm. Like honestly, it it is one of my just quick feel good. Just go back to it, and like I said, it is just a nice reminiscence of just what kind of like weird, like bad shit, crazy dark humor can we cut? Can we just like sneak in here? But everything is still like kept PG, so it's just like the so it's like your imagination for it. It's just what really feels the fire on what on how you can just enjoy every last bit of it. And Sam, say my all time utmost favorite comfort shows to watch is one the last unicorn and series wise over the garden wall oh yeah both good choices good choices now these Except are for all the episode pers- where greg dies these are all mostly our personal stuff i mean if we're talking about animation there's tons of cool things out there i mean we can go all over the place with avatar the last bear bender and avid and legend and there's also like infinity train which is amazing but that is weird for it um but yeah that's about it our next episode after this is going to be coming out about. Let's say do math. Do math. We'll come out eventually. Well, I'll have to worry <laughs> about that later. Soon, TM. Soon, TM. Um, because I've had a couple of episodes, so I have to remember where this is coming out, and it probably will be available by April or May. Um, that being said, I'm glad you guys stuck with us for all this, and. This is Gaming Theater Podcast. Logging out. Bye, everybody. Bye. Gaming Theater Podcast is hosted, created, produced, and edited by Leo Garcia, the Geek Scorpio. Our music is A Drinking Game. Stock media provided by Stormwave Audio slash Pond5. Our cover art is by Adam Parker. You can find him at ParkerGFX on Twitter. If you want to send us some money to help with these episodes, you can do so at patreon.com slash gaming theater presents. Want to send support that doesn't hit your wallet? Please leave a review with wherever you hear your podcasts and share our podcast with your friends. It really helps out. Thank you for listening.